0: simple and plain fam you did not belong on the field with jackson state at the orange blossom classic oh yeah it's locked on hbcu play my music you are locked on hbcu your daily podcast covering hbcu sports part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Day. And of course, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And we're recapping the Orange Blossom Classic. And I'll repeat what I said at the beginning. Fam, you looked like they did not belong on the field with Jackson State this Sunday. I can't think of any other way to summarize this matchup. This was supposed to be a swag championship. This was supposed to be two Titans. This was supposed to be two of the three best teams in black college football going head to head in the first week of the season. Instead, it was a full out thrashing. Jackson State smashed FAMU, simple and plain. The jokes have been flying, deservedly so. 59 to three? 59 to three? Let's be honest, guys. This is not the game that was supposed to happen. This is not how it was supposed to go down. Now, the story of this game is Shador Sanders. And that's because he stepped out 17 completions in a row to start off the game. Three touchdowns within that 17 pass uh frame. Absolutely dominant. He looked amazing. He finished the game with more touchdowns than incompletions. He looked phenomenal. And Listen, I can use the stats like those things are great. Saying that he did X, Y, and Z because you look at the stats, you run through, oh, yeah, this amount of yards, this amount of completions in a row, this amount of time, those things are good. But when you look at what he was able to do and take it out of just the numbers and look strictly with the eye test, Shador Sanders did everything you could want from him, right? So with this game, I think, and within this season, a lot of people were looking for this out of him. And I think a lot of people expected this, but maybe not in the way that it happened. In the way that it happened, the full-on domination of a really good defense or what is expected to be a really good defense, that I don't think we saw that coming. However, what we did see coming is the fact that Shador Sanders should likely take a step up in his sophomore season. He has a year of, of college football under his belt. He's done a little bit. He's been training in the offseason. He knows what he needs to work on. He probably has a greater idea of his inefficiencies than he did when he was in high school. So now we're looking at a situation where, hey, Shador Sanders is going to come in this season and firmly entrench himself as the best quarterback within the conference. Now, I've been on my Andrew Body hype train, and I'm not getting off my Andrew Body hype train. However, I saw some things from a coaching side in last week's game, or I guess Saturday's game, whatever, between Texas Southern and and Prairie View. That had me a bit concerned, and I'm like, you know what, balance that with with Shador going absolutely ballistic, I got to chill out for a second, right, but this isn't about TSU, this is about Jackson State, and with Jackson State and Shador Sanders, I didn't need to, like I said, take Andrew Black, take every other quarterback out of it, I said that this game was going to come down to who won the quarterback battle, and there's no question who won the battle. Matter of fact, there's a question. There's a battle on the other side, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about Shador Sanders, the ball placement on point, the ability to use his legs, not only as a runner, but also as a quarterback behind the line of scrimmage to either evade pass rush, to throw on the run, to be able to scramble all of those things on point. We're talking about decision-making on point coaching on point, right? So we're going to talk about that with fam, you as well uh but i just thought that everything was good and when he threw i believe it, it was his last touchdown pass when he threw that last touchdown pass it was at that moment that i felt like he did every single thing that you could want in that 17 let's just say 16 now i might i don't know what pass he threw so many in, in, a, in a row i don't know which specific pass was the was the last touchdown however before that last touchdown he had some good throws yeah, one where he eluded pressure and, and threw a, a dot on the sideline I thought was really impressive. I said, oh, yeah, that, that one right there got me. But then he had the big throw, right? So he did everything. He had the reading the field. He had the throw on the run. He had the eluding the pressure. But what he hadn't had quite yet was that deep throw downfield, and then he completed that. Okay. <laughs> now we've seen everything that I could possibly want out of Shador Sanders. So now we rolling. Now we rocking, and I'm happy about that, right? Firmly entrenched himself. I can't fight it. At, th- at this moment, I don't think there's any questioning that he's QB1, right? Now you look at the offensive line. You look at the running game. Oh, also, my bad. Let me say one last thing about Shador Sanders. He also spread the ball around. There was four players with 60 yards or more. Or, excuse me, with 40 or more yards. There was none with 60 or more. That just spoke to how much he dished it around. No one guy was dominating. He didn't find one player and say, oh, I want to do this. No, he found that player and that player and that player, and they were all getting open, so that's also a testament to the wide receivers. So let's let's also say that, because they were doing a good job getting separation on some throws where he didn't have to just thread the needle all the time. So I do want to give some love to the wide receivers. Now let's give some love to the offensive linemen, because they protected the Shador for the most part, and this was a point of emphasis going into this season. They wanted to make sure that Sanders wasn't always on his back, They wanted to make sure that that offensive line was revitalized, and that's why there was only one starter from last season. I think we saw the improvement in that offensive line through not only the passing game, because, of course, Shador was barely touched. He had one sack, but wasn't much, right? But also in that running game, you look at Savion Wilkerson, you look at Sante Marshall. They both averaged five yards per carry. So now we're looking at a situation where you're opening up holes, right? I really did... Get impressed with the offensive line because after a while you start looking you like man they're doing a really good job and this is something that they were stressed out about going into the season. Like I said this is not the same thing for FAMU we're going to talk about not only the FAMU side of things on the offense but we're also going to talk about the defensive performance of Jackson State as we continue going forward with Locked on HBCU. But first, I would like to tell you about Built Bar because they are the best protein bar on the market. Bar, none, and there's a really good flavor I think you guys would absolutely love, and that's Cookie Dough Chunk. These things are amazing. They come in a puff variety. And listen, the thing about about Built Bar is that not only are they the Swiss Army knife for protein bars, but they also have so many different forms, right? So you have the regular, And then you have the crisp and then you have the puffs. It's almost as if they're three different bars, but they're all they're all within the built bar family and they're all absolutely delicious. Now, when you're also looking at them, I'm also looking at the fact that they come with seventeen grams of protein, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and I can eat them at any moment. If I want to go work out, I can use this as a perfect, you know, protein bar. If I want to use this just to eat, I can. Because it's not fatty, It's not like I'm hurting myself by eating it. I love these things because of those reasons. And if you want to know where to find them, just go to Built.com. But make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. keep on rolling on today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day in today's word of the day is demeanor meaning a person's behavior towards other people usually using a singular right and we know demeanor can be used not just with that denotation and i'm probably not going to use it in that denotation to be completely honest right so we talked about fam struggles on defense let's talk about jackson state's absolute dominance on defense right so jackson state was able to on the offensive side was able to dominate what was expected to be a pretty good defensive line and a pretty good defense in all together with their offense so that was impressive but now let's look at this team because it's also the same on this side of the ball fam was expected to come out and get with them let's remember what fam you did to north carolina right and north carolina don't have that good a defense we saw that However, this is still an FCS versus FBS opponent. And because it's that, because it's that, you're looking at a situation where, honestly, if we're just being honest, you would think these two weeks should be flipped. You would think that FAMU had this game where they got absolutely dominated versus North Carolina, and it maybe got some things going against Jackson State. But it wasn't the case, and that makes Jackson State's performance even that more impressive right and what i think was a big testament and really showed without having to give stats and whatnot is the demeanor of jeremy musa the quarterback for fam when you look at jeremy musa in north carolina game he was poised you know in a big time game he he grabbed the moment he knew exactly what he was doing he seemed calm but when you look at this game he looked all kind of confused he had passes that were extremely high for no no real reason it seemed like not even when he's being contacted. Now, of course, Jackson State did their thing, and they were able to dominate. And they dominated in every single facet of the game. Let's take a small little break to acknowledge that they got a blocked punt touchdown, so they scored on offense, defense, and special teams. So that was a great game. But then also, going back to the defense, I thought that Jeremy Musa was going to come out and really compete. I said that the quarterback battle was the deciding factor of the game. We might have a quarterback battle for Florida A&M. They benched Jeremy Musa. He had a terrible game. He looked bad. It wasn't even all Jackson State's fault, right? He looked bad, but let me let me let me rewind. Let me not say it's not all Jackson State's fault because I don't want to take any credit from this performance. I believe that Jackson State got him so rattled that he began to make mistakes even when they weren't forcing him to. So in a way, it is still Jackson State. You start rushing that clock. You think you're going to get hit. You always think that you have to get the ball out a certain kind of way. Now you're doing things that you don't need to do. There was, there was passes that were high that was so unnecessary. You didn't need to do that. But he did, and I think a lot of that was pressure, right? So I do want to say that. I do want to give credit to that. I don't want to make it seem as if Jackson State did nothing. However, you could tell that things were getting to Jeremy Musa. And this is a unit. This is a unit. For Jackson State, a lot of love goes to to uh, Travis Hunter, deservedly so. We were all looking for him, and he showed up. But this is the unit. Let's first talk about Hunter's performance. You didn't see him. Barely three times, I believe. I don't think I saw him more than three times. That's a good performance for a cornerback. But, of course, he's a he's a freshman. This is his first game. It's supposed to be a big test. It clearly wasn't all that. Um, and I think that's the reason why we didn't see him on offense, because they already ran away with things. So I'm pushing back my whole Let's see how much offense he plays to next week. However, you're looking at Shadour Sanders, and you're trying to understand well. Or excuse me, you're looking at Travis Hunt, you're trying to understand well, how is he going to adjust to the college game? Well, we saw him three times. First time was that first or second play of the game. They threw it his way. He tipped the ball away. However, a, uh, some sort of, of penalty, I can't remember what penalty it was, wiped that out. Non-existent. All right, next time we've seen him, he tipped up a ball that should have been a pick six, but it was absolutely dropped. It was one of the two unforced errors by Jackson State in the first half. I never, felt like ja- I never felt like FAMU stopped them at all in the first half. They had a first down, the guy ran backwards. This one, they should have had a pick six, he dropped it. Those are the two bad things that Jackson State did in the first half. Neither one was forced by FAMU. Yeah, FAMU tackled the guy, however, he had the first down, and he mentally made a mistake to run backwards, Right? So you're looking at a tip ball that should have been a pick six. And then lastly, you saw him on another uh, slant. And I'm not sure if this was a PBU. I'm not sure what they defined it as. However, it was a forced incompletion where the guy didn't just drop the ball. There was good coverage, and he forced it. So if he didn't break up the pass, it was still incomplete because of Travis Hunter. That is a good way to start off your, start off your collegiate career. We only saw him a couple of times, but every time we saw him, it was impressive and it was impactful. So that's what we're looking at to really judge and gauge from the, from the broadcast copy, right? I don't have the aerial copy. I can't see how, you know, every single cover snap went for him. But I do know when we were able to see him, I thought he performed. But like I said, it's not just Travis Hunter. It's also those linebackers. It's also the whole secondary. You know, it's also that defensive line. There was so much pressure on Musa because even when he had a little bit of time, he couldn't get anybody. There was nobody open. You would look, and there's nobody open. It's as if these guys were glued hip to hip. This was a phenomenal performance by the Jackson State secondary. I really thought they came out and and asserted their dominance and said, hey, we're one of the top defensive backfields in HBCU football, period. Period. I don't care who you're talking about. Right? So I thought that was something that you should definitely watch. I thought this was something that was impressive and something that when you're thinking about Musa. It's not what you expected man a big part of jackson state's dominance is the fact that you thought it would be closer and it's the fact that they dominated not some rudy Pooh, not some scrub they dominated a team that looked decent against north carolina an fbs opponent and maybe if fam you hadn't played the week before maybe we would sit here and say oh man maybe fam you isn't this that and the third and we still do need to question it because that was embarrassing um but also, you have to acknowledge that they looked much better against a Power 5 school than they did against Jackson State. And that's a testament to just how good JSU was. When I'm looking at FAMU's side of it, because let's make sure we look at FAMU, there's a quarterback battle, but they did nothing to help their quarterback. You know, when I look at Shador Sanders, he opened up the game with some swing passes, some, some easy rollouts, some, some screens. These things were easy for Shador Sanders. It allowed him to get into a rhythm right this is how I look at it we want our quarterbacks to be great deservedly so they deserve that pressure placed upon them however if you're always counting on your quarterback to be a playmaker then you either need to look at your supporting cast or you need to look at your coordinators because you're supposed to help him at some point let's get him some easy throws let's get him into a rhythm let's look at the wide receivers to get them open he shouldn't have to work for every single throw especially when he's struggling that was a problem with Jeremy Musa. that was not a problem with Shadour of course he didn't struggle however they made sure he got into a rhythm. Get this man some easy throws. Get the tight end to roll out or get your quarterback to roll out and the tight end in the flats. Let's get easy things to get pitches and completions. It's like a basketball player. I just need to see the ball go into the net. That's all I need. I need to see the ball go through the hoop, right? That's what I'm looking for. But they never did that for Musa. And that was a failure on FAMU side of it. And when Willie Simmons says that this loss is on him, that's one of the reasons why. You didn't try to help your quarterback get into a real rhythm, and for that reason, I'm, I'm in the group of saying Jeremy Moosa should start. Let's see what he's going to be. Let Jeremy Mooster start one more week. Is he closer to North Carolina or is he closer to Jackson State? That'll be what we need to see. Going forward, we're going to talk about the tale of two Louisianas, Southern University and Grambling. They look completely different in, in week one, but I'm going to tell you if you really should read into either one of these losses or wins, right? We're going to talk about that going forward on Locked on HBCU. As we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I want to talk about a tale of Louisianas. Two Louisianas, Southern Louisiana and Northern Louisiana. Of course, South Louisiana came out on top, but we we know that. You know, it's the real, real Louisiana. No, I'm joking. Um, But moral of the story, moral of the story, to be all serious, Southern looks significantly better than Grambling on Saturday. They also play completely different levels of competition. So there's a little bit of reading in between the lines you're going to have to do when talking about JSU. I mean, excuse me, when talking about Southern, when talking about Grambling. Um, Let's start off with the good. Let's start off with Southern Louisiana. Let's start off with Southern, right? They play Florida Memorial who was in their second year. So it's really hard to get a read on these things, however. I will say that they put up 86 points. That's not easy. I don't care who you're playing. They shut them out 86 to 0. It's impressive. It is impressive. I don't know how much I can take away from it because it is an NAIA school. Like, you jump down from D3 to NAIA. This is a tune-up game. This is a tune-up game, right? So, like, LSU is playing Southern. If LSU comes out and demolishes Southern, do you think LSU is going to fit? Well, they just had a rough one. But you think LSU is going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, we're this, that, and the third? No, because it's supposed to be a tune-up game. These Power 5 schools do not feel validated. They don't feel like, oh, my gosh, when they knock off one of these uh, smaller FCS schools. They don't. So let's apply that same logic when talking about an FCS school going against an NAIA school. 86 points is, is impressive regardless, right? So I won't take that away. The amount of focus it takes to stay dedicated and stay in tune with the game to put up 86, to keep completely shut them out, you know, it's easy to take your foot off the gas. So I, my takeaway is that they started off the season on full cylinders and their mind is right. That's what I can take away from the game. But as far as, oh, how good is the offense? How good is the defense? I don't know. I don't. So with that being the case, I'm not going to take too much away from it, but I will say that, that it seems like, They were ready for the season because you did beat them 86-0. to So, I mean, you can't play a team like that or you can't beat a team like that and not say something good, but I just take it with a little bit of grain of salt. We'll really see what they're about when it comes to September 17th versus Texas Southern, and I know y'all might be laughing, my Southern people, but the truth of the matter is we got to see them in some FCS play. They're playing an NAIA school for week one which they just did. Now they're about to play LSU and FBS school for week two. Um, now they can, we can see a lot about them this week. I'll say that, but I think we'll really see everything we want to know about them when they play Texas Southern and they're into conference play. That's what we'll really know about the Southern that we're going to get in 2022. Let's talk about grambling though. Let's talk about grambling because. It was bad. This was terrible they played arkansas state and you can't help but be concerned and and listen when you play these fbs opponents because arkansas state is a is a g5 opponent it's a group of five opponent um there's certain things you're looking for i wasn't able to watch this game There were so many games going on um i wasn't able to watch this game but i did look at certain things that i felt were concerning right but when you look at these FBS games, a lot of times you can write it off. Oh, man, that's a big school, whatever. Man, that, that don't even matter for real. But this is a G5 school. And when you're looking at a group of five school, not a power five school, but a group of five school, which is still in the FBS division, you're expecting them to compete better than this. That's simple and plain. Like, if you're in the upper echelon of swag play, you're not supposed to get beat down by Arkansas State like this. I'm not saying you're supposed to beat them. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying you're not supposed to get embarrassed this way by a school like Arkansas State, who is a G5 school who is not expected to really be that good. South Carolina State got beat down. They, I felt like they showed a heartbeat. From this, it doesn't look like Grambling showed a heartbeat. But even they lost to Central Florida, who is a, a relatively high-level G5 school. People are, people, there's people who will question if, our, if Arkansas State is a FBS school. They might have thought they were one AA FCS. Might have thought they were in the same subdivision, as grambling you cannot perform like this and but here's the thing throw all of that out the window i think we kind of in the mood to throw out numbers today we kind of like other than chador sanders's completions and you know in a row and incompletions we kind of throwing out them stats today forget it right forget that there's things in here why you should be concerned number one you have three quarterbacks play three quarterbacks to me is just a situation where you have to be better you know, maybe two quarterbacks, when you're thinking about the situation, okay, one's playing really poorly, you go to the second. But three, now you're asking yourself, do you have any trust in these guys at all? Do you have any trust in these guys at all? And the answer is probably not. You probably do not have any trust in these, in these players. So um, that's concerning. That's something that I see, right? Three quarterbacks in one game all play. They all threw a pass. And the last guy, he got in at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They just didn't pass the ball much, but he got in there. That's concerning to me, man. That, that, that tells me you don't really trust thing. trust your quarterback position. None of which were Kajai Holloway, by the way, um, who was my guy, who I thought was brought in to start, but obviously he just did not live up to it, and that's why he's not starting. He wasn't one of the three. Sounds like he's not even top three on the depth chart. So it is what it is. But when you're looking at the thing that's the most concerning – It's that that they're undisciplined. They have 15 penalties. Let's read them off. So I think it actually turned out to 16, but I think one of these just wasn't accepted. Offensive holding, delay of game, delay of game, face mask, targeting, roughing the passer, targeting, unnecessary roughness on a kickoff, holding, OPI, delay of game, delay of game, face mask, delay of game, illegal substitution, delay of game. That's seven. Delay of game and illegal substitutions are seven mental errors. Let's take out illegal substitution. Those are seven penalties that are before the ball is even snapped. These are pre-snap penalties. That's a sign of undiscipline. That's a sign of lack of preparation. These are things that you don't want. These are things that you should be concerned about. I can get past the score, and I can write it off as an FBS opponent, so I'm just erase that out of my brain. But what I can erase out of my brain is seven delay of game penalties. Seven of them? Let's run the offense. Come on. You got two, two face mask penalties. You got a rough in the passer, two targeting. These are mental errors. I'm going to take out targeting because a lot of times I didn't see them. Um, and also didn't feel like the rough in the passer was too bad. I was able to catch that one play. That was a rough in the pass by Sunday out of Anderson. But it was, it was on the fence. Let's, let's just play smart. When you have this amount of penalties, you're not playing smart football. It's that simple. You're not playing smart football. You're not playing disciplined football. I don't care about the game score. I don't care about that. That's not what concerns me. It's the fact that right now you're not playing smart. You're not playing disciplined. These are tactics or, or trends and habits, I should say, that will progress throughout a season. You got to nip it in the bud now. You got to nip it in the bud now. Otherwise, you're an undisciplined team. If you don't nip it in the bud right now, you're an undisciplined team. That's simple and plain. So if you're asking me about the tale of two Louisianas, I'm going to tell you, I don't know what to take away from grambling. I don't know what to take away from Southern. But what I can take away is the mental side. Southern was completely prepared to go out there and dominate. You can only play who's on your schedule. The NAIA team is on their schedule. They took care of business. It wasn't close like it shouldn't have been. But they came out firing on all, all cylinders. And it seemed as if they knew not to let up. They wanted to make a point, And 86-0 is a point, regardless of who you're playing. Mentally, they were ready. Their head was in the game. It does not seem like mentally grambling was ready. That's one, two, three, four five six come on man six uh delay of games in one game two are on the same drive this is unacceptable couple of face masks let's get let's get our let's get our our fundamentals right targeting illegal substitution unnecessary roughness on a, on a kickoff let's be better we have to make sure we are more disciplined because i don't care who you're playing they could be playing the naia school they wouldn't have dominated this way Because delay of games are delay of games. That's not because you're playing an FBS opponent. Come on. We have to be better. Even if you can look past the score. Even if you can look past the the three quarterbacks. The latter I can't look past. But if you can, that's fine. I'm looking at these games and I'm looking at these penalties. And that's concerning. I, I don't know how you can look past 16 penalties. 15 penalties. 100 something yards. You have more penalty yards than total yards. I don't know how you can look past that. That's one thing that you're going to have to clean up. Whoever is starting at quarterback next week when Grambling's playing, you need to make sure that they're not having this many penalties. That's what I'm looking for. As soon as the game is over, I'm going to go look. And I'm going to see how many penalties did Grambling have. They had a lot. Then I'm going to be questioning some things about whether or not they're just an undisciplined team, no matter what. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day i do appreciate it we're in season so we're rolling we're rocking and we're putting out content on the daily tomorrow's episode we're going to be back with some teams that actually look good in defeat right we talked about a team that look pretty bad in defeat right now let's talk about two teams that i thought really showed themselves to be quality ball clubs even in the face that is in defeat and that's Alcorn state and then also tennessee state going forward continue making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day every day and for your second listen of the day make sure you're checking out the ultimate pro football preview it is an eight part series breaking out everything you need to know for the upcoming football season football is here on thursday let's Go. I cannot wait. So make sure you're checking that out. Just search Ultimate Pro Football Preview on your Odyssey, or excuse me, Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.